Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so happy you're with us today. I've heard from a lot of people in more than 10 years of Seek Reality's existence who have told me that they're seeking their life's purpose and, you know, the reason for their existence, the reason why they were born. And I don't know why they want my advice on that, but I think it may be because I seem to have found my life's purpose and I always have been deeply living it. But to tell you the truth, my purpose just very early in my life found me. And at this point, as you know, half or more of our weekly guests are longtime favorites or they're new favorites. Once in a while, we do add someone and then the people that you've told me you've really enjoyed hearing for the first time and you hope we would have back again, they become new favorites. So although we still have new potential guests pitched to us really almost every week at this point, we tend not to add a new guest unless the topic is one that I think is going to excite a lot of our listeners. And I think perhaps today's guest is going to excite quite a few of you because Michelle Vandepas is an accomplished professional advisor who's written a powerful book about finding your purpose in life using a 28-day process of her own devising. Michelle is an empowering author, a speaker, a coach, and she has a wealth of experience and insights into publishing, online marketing, and living with purpose. She lives with her family in Colorado, which is a gorgeous state. Oh, wow. My cousin lives there, so it's one of those states that I visit not too infrequently. She grounds herself there with her family and 40 goldfish. I don't know how you do that, but my cats or my daughter's cats rather would love to come and visit her goldfish. And she says the occasional mountain lion or bear looks in on them. She spends a lot of her time walking around with nature, which is something we do here in Texas, too, thinking about new ways to help her clients live their most authentically successful lives and grounding herself in the beauty that is Colorado. The the mountains there are unparalleled. She's come up with a process to help people to more deeply and authentically connect with themselves and help with their own authentic personal process finding. And that's something that a lot of people are trying to do now. I've read her book. I'm eager to hear how this process she's developed really works. So, Michelle, welcome. I'm very happy to with us have you with us today. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. All right, let's get to it, because I've read this book. And it, as you know, it, the, the part you read is short. But the part you do is 28 days long. So right. let's, you know, I, I really want to hear how it works. You say it, you, it's, this is finding your spark. The radically authentic life is a life being system. And you create this system for yourself. Yeah. And then, well, go to it. I, I, I really would like to hear how it happens for people. Right. Well, you know, I developed it because like, like, (laughs) like others who teach what they need to learn and learn what they need to teach, right? I chased my own purpose for many, many years. And 
in the process of doing so, I took other people's courses and I did a lot of inner reflection. I did a lot of writing and I came to really firmly know, not just believe, but really know that we all are already living our purpose. It's not anything to chase outside of us. It is not our vocation. It's not our job. It's not we wish it would be. It's not what we hope it'd be. It is who we are and how we are being. Now, having said that, we may not be in touch with what that is. We may not feel secure in that. But I want everybody to know that they're here on the planet for a reason. You're already having your ripple effect. You are already living your purpose. And if you take nothing away more than just that today, I will be happy. However, if you want to go- Say this again, Michelle. Let's say that again, because I'd like to think about that. What what were those words again? That that we're already living our purpose. Even already living your purpose, because- even if you're not in touch with it or know what it is, it's and even if it's not big, because a lot of people feel that their purpose is big. They well, don't they, understand. It may not feel big different. to them. Right. I would say it that actually is big. That's what people don't get. The people around them, they're affecting so much more bigly than they understand. Yeah. Isn't that true? Don't you think that's really true? I think some of us are called to do more. Our purpose is being. So our purpose is just being in the world. Some of us have a nudge, a call to do more and to be in purpose as we do more. And this is how I bridge that gap. You are living your purpose and you can express that more fully if you stay in your heart. So I like to view purpose as how do you express your heart? How do you connect with people, animals, the planet around you? How do you connect with yourself? Are you a caretaker? Are you a teacher? Are you a mentor? Purpose is a verb. And it's how you live your life. Purpose is a verb. Purpose is a verb. Huge. That's huge. Yep. Yep. Purpose is not a job like nurse or construction worker or a podcaster, right? You may choose if you find yourself being a mentor or a teacher to use podcasting as a tool to express your purpose. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're already living your purpose and it's big, it's small. Your heart is huge. The more you express your heart, the bigger your purpose will feel, right? It's how it's the feeling. But even if you're not feeling it today, you're still living it. You're still living it. And even if the world isn't looking at you and saying, oh, there she is, there he is, living a big purpose, your purpose is still big. Yeah, your way. Yeah, Yeah, it's to live your life. It's to be and to live your life and express your heart. And that that is, you know, but we express it in different ways. That's right. That's, I mean, that is so profound. You may not know how you have affected other people because we each touch the lives of so many people. Right. 
in, in the course of a day for good or for ill. Now, nobody is, is born to have an ill purpose, but still we affect other people's lives so profoundly. And, and we, we never realize how profoundly we affect their lives. Um, I, 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 I get emails all the time now from people who will, who will say, you know, I've been listening to you for years and blah, blah. And I think, oh, isn't that wonderful? Now I was born. But other people don't understand how they've affected my life or the life of someone I know. And I will hear, you know, in, in, in over lunch, people will tell me this or that person affected my life. We, we don't understand how we do that. And one of the things that I'm working on now is trying to teach people how to, to come to understand how they are affecting other people's lives without even knowing it. That's and beautiful. that's one reason it so interested me what you were doing. Yeah. Because when I was reading your book, and I saw what the point of it really was. I thought, aha, aren't you smart? Because you're teaching people that. Right. And 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 that's what your coaching is about, isn't it? That also. Yeah. So my coaching is really if you have a calling to do more, right? If you feel like you're destined for more. So, you know, not everybody has that nudge or that calling, but you feel like you're in purpose or you want purpose or you have a nudge to be, have a bigger purpose. That's really a calling to, to do more. So the purpose is the being, but then we're nudged. We have an idea. Something hits our heart. We're born on this planet right now because we think, or we know we have something bigger to do. So then that becomes, how do you do in the world and how do you express your purpose through your heart and then put that into action that's in alignment with your purpose in alignment with who you are so that you can then go make a bigger difference in the world bigger than you're already making you're as you said you're already making a big difference but some of us are just called to do more to reach a bigger audience to be out on stage or to write multiple books or to have a podcast like you have and so that's what I coach on is how to take your purpose as a caregiver, a teacher, a mentor, a healer, a creative, whatever it is that you're doing. And then how do you take that and go do it in a bigger way into the world? Wow, really? Okay, talk, tell us some stories. No names, but just could, could can you tell us some stories about people you've helped that way or, or how that works? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the first one that comes to mind is a coach that I coached many years ago who was stuck in her business. And when we really let, felt into her purpose, she's a natural networker. Like networker is how she shares her heart. She connects people. She introduces people. She likes to just have conversations with people and see where the common threads are. And that's what she felt was her real 
um, purpose in life in the best way she could share her heart. And when she applied that to her business, her business took off because then she realized she didn't need to do all these online marketing funnels and she didn't need to do all this. She just needed to start connecting people and then people connect to her. And then she got referral based businesses and her business just took off. So that's the one that immediately comes to mind, right? The other thing is I have coached people who, um, are like to express through writing because I am a book publisher as well, right? So I I had come across a lot of people who express through writing and they're told in order to market your book, you have to be on stage or you have to be on video. And that's not actually true. There are many people who, if they find expressing their heart through the creative act of writing is really aligned for them, there's a million places to go write to promote your book. So when you stay in alignment with how you express your heart and then you move that into marketing or move that into er other areas of your life where you choose to be successful, whatever that means to you, then those barriers and that self-imposed, I should do it this way or I should do it that way come down. That's beautiful. No, but that's, that's, I think that's, I've seen so many people who are afraid to try Because what if they try the wrong thing or what if they miss it by, you know, they're, they're going in this direction and what if it should have been that direction? And it's, it's people are, people are their own worst enemies sometimes because they, they're, they're so afraid to, to try the wrong thing or they're so afraid to miss the mark and uh, they have just they they think oh I have just this one life and what if I get it wrong and I mean I mean try something and then if that doesn't work you try something else and find the joy in in anything and then and and do that right. um, if you can help one person that's one more person who's been helped in the world than there would have been if you hadn't tried anything you know it's. It, it, life is joyous, and if you can, but when I get one email, I always think, you know, saying thank you. I always think now I know why I was born. That one email was all it. It's all it takes for me to be joyous about what I do. Nice. That that's the right way to feel about it. It isn't. It, it it's that's all it takes. To feel good about what you're doing, and 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 if you have that attitude, then it, it, you know you don't have to you don't have to get a hundred percent on the test. You only have to get a ninety. You're an eighty to be happy with that you did it. You know, and that's to me um, that's that's what makes life wonderful to do that much. But but what, what what do people say when you tell them that though? What what do, what what makes them not try? So I do think people uh, self sabotage, and the other thing is we are given a lot of outside and external influences about what we should be doing and what we should be trying, and because that doesn't feel right to us, we don't do anything. So, you know, an example is if you're told you should podcast in order to get your business to the next level, and that's not, doesn't feel in alignment to you, 
then you don't do anything because you're too overwhelmed or you know podcasting is not for you and then you don't do anything. And what I'm suggesting is you find that small step that is in alignment with you, whether it's writing an article, um, writing a letter to the editor, if people do that anymore, I don't even know, whatever it is, right? But find one step. And then I am a big believer um, that you will be guided. So, you know, you and I've lived long enough to know that life is not a straight line and it's not a path that doesn't have obstacles in it. So if you take the wrong step, we may all have made bad decisions in our life and taken wrong steps. But I'm a firm believer that if you slow down and listen to your internal guidance, listen to your heart, listen to your intuition, your creativity, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, I'm a firm believer you will get nudged back on the right track. It may take a week, a month, a lifetime, but you will be on your path. Yes, you repeatedly are, are offered opportunities to do the right thing. And to come back. Your spirit guides. I mean, we all have spirit guides. I, I think you you know that too. Yeah. Um, but people keep finding a thousand excuses for saying no. It's easy to find excuses for saying no. It's hard sometimes to find it's that bit of bravery. It's very hard to be brave. Um, we're very afraid of what the end result would be. We're afraid of what the outcome is going to look like. People don't start their books because they're worried about what Uncle Joe's going to think about it. So they don't even start. People don't, uh, right? So, I mean, you're totally correct. We project out into the future. And every spiritual teaching, every spiritual teaching tells us to stay in the present. And that's the most difficult thing that any of us can do. We project. We bring our traumas, our triggers, our past experiences with us, even if they're relevant or no longer relevant. We have made a mistake in the past, and so we're so freaked out of making a mistake. That one mistake? Oh, all right. Obviously, I'm a failure, right? Right. And, you know, if would you talk to your kids that way? I hope not. Would you talk to your grandkids that way? I hope not. Your grandkids you know, do something bad or fall down or make a mistake, you hope that they do it in a way that they can see what they can do differently next time and pick themselves up and keep going, right? It's very difficult, though, when we have a lot of self-talk, negative self-talk or, or, or real external influences, parents, friends, society, children who tell us, no, 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 we shouldn't be doing that, or we should be doing it differently. And at some point, at some point, we all have to tune in to our own inner guidance and follow that. And it's difficult. Thomas Edison, when someone came to his laboratory, and he, that was his 10,000th experiment trying to invent the light bulb and said, oh, you've just failed 10,000 times, someone said to him. He said, oh, no, I've just found 10,000 things that don't work. Right. Don't get there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that has to be our attitude. This is our this is our life. Our li We're not going to fail at our life. Our life is... We're not. And, and that's the next step after purpose. And I think that's a little bit what you're alluding to is, do we have a mission? Do we have a reason? So... You know, purpose is God-given. It's given to us. It's in our heart. And how we express our heart is our purpose. But then 
I believe we also all have a mission and that mission is bigger, right? And I think that's what you're starting to to talk about a little bit here. And can you fail at your mission? Well, no, but maybe you won't you won't act on it in the way that you could have, right? Maybe you'll be too afraid to be an artist so you don't ever take an art class or doesn't mean you have to make your living as an artist, but maybe being an artist is something that is part of your mission, learning how to be creative. And so that's the next piece and that's the doing piece. And that's what does your, what do you want your life to look like and how creative and fun and adventurous are you willing for your life to be? doesn't mean you have to travel around the world with a backpack. It can just mean small things in your life, eating somewhere new, trying new foods, going down a different aisle at the grocery store, turning left instead of right. It can be encouraging yourself to step up. It can be encouraging yourself to think really big or think really small, but think differently. And be Think differently. Yeah. Yeah. Journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. Right. That's a Chinese saying, I think. I think it sounds different in Chinese. I'm not sure. <laughs> Who knows? No, it's it's um it's very hard. And but sometimes it can be freeing to be older. Um because when you're younger, you at least for me, being younger felt more portentous. You sort of feel as if your 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 life is ahead of you and you've got to do big things with it. But as you get older, you sort of think, well, it's too late to do anything big. So now I can do human-sized things. <laughs> That's a lovely way to put it. I also think, you know, you and I um, have lived a life and the world was different 30, 40 years ago than it is today, right? Mm-hmm. So I have a couple of 20-year-olds that live in my house, and their view on the world is very, very different than my view on the world was when I was 20, very different. And so I think there's a couple of things. One is you, as you get older, you get over yourself because you do know what you're capable of, Um and you're less inclined to listen to people around you that, that don't fit or you don't feel are the right fit. And I think younger people are more willing and able to jump into that because they have had social media and they've had such an onslaught. Like my 20-year-olds will just block somebody in an instant. You say something wrong, block. There's no discussion. Whereas my boomer self wants to be like, well, wait, let's talk about it. Let's talk right. it through. Let's see what the intention was. Don't right. be so harsh, right? right? My daughter's like, no freaking way. She said something insulted me. She's blocked. Is that good or bad? I don't know. It's just different. It's very different. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. And so we were taught to be polite. If someone has an indiscretion, you talk it through, you you this and that. You know, my daughter can't afford to be because, you know, social media is an onslaught of hate sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. And so I totally get her um, understanding that, no, someone's mean to me or they put something on social I don't like, I just block them, I get that. But it's different. It's totally different outlook on life. And so you and I have different sorts of fears 
and conditioning that we were brought up with to work through than she will have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it's um it is the world is a very different place. Actually, that's really true. Yeah. Um. Tell me about your publishing. You 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 started with your own books. I'm sure. I did. I started with my own book 25 years ago, and then I started consulting with other people to publish, and now I own a publishing company that publishes nonfiction books for people who have a message, have something they want to share, have some thought leadership or want to develop their thought leadership. And I really start with what's your purpose? What's your mission? What are you called to be in the world who are you called to be in the world what do you what's inside your heart that you want to share what do you feel like your teaching your inspiration is and develop that into a book and then help our authors go promote that sometimes build a business around it or a speaking career or just spread the message without any um big grandiose ideas. I just want to publish a book, get it out there and help one person at a time best they can, as you're talking about. And so that morphed over the years. I have helped thousands of writers, some of whom have published, some of whom decided. Thousands of writers? Wow. Yeah. Over the 25 years. Yeah. Thousands, both in groups, in groups, in writing retreats, in person, uh, one-to-one coaching, right? I mean, sometimes I'll have two, three hundred people come into a, a course that I teach. So, what's the name of your company? Uh, well, the new thing I'm promoting is the Author Path. So that's the AuthorPath.com. My publishing company is Grace Point Publishing. I'd better write these down because we've got to put these in your in your. Um... Yeah, and I'll send them to you. Actually, why don't you do this? Why don't you send me? Um... All of this in an email to make sure I get everything right. Absolutely. And so, you know, if someone feels like, okay, I'm 50, 60, 70 years old, I I published a book for someone who is 93, was my oldest client, I think. But if you feel like you have something to say, then you have something to say. It's as easy, it's as simple as that. Yeah. And so then we just have to work together to figure out how you get it on paper, how you get it out. I think that's just bright as as the day. That is a lovely, lovely thing you're doing because more and more people have things to say. And when I was pretty young, um, I published in New York and it was a horrible experience. I would never, never go the New York route again. It was really horrible. And then they also buy the rights for very cheap. Right. So uh, you have to then, I was very lucky that I was able to get my rights back. Right. And the world's changed so much. I mean, so much, even just since COVID and publishing changes every six months. But what was your book about? Was it fiction, nonfiction? It was the it was the best book I will ever write. It was um, a novel about... Um, the Thomas Jefferson's 10-year marriage. Best book oh, I'll ever write. Wonderful. And, and uh, Doubleday bought it. First first uh, publisher to see it bought it instantly. And they were going to make it the best. Oh, they were going to give it the best promotion. They were going to make it a bestseller, no question. They bought it in 1990. 
Right. And they they held it for three years because um, they wanted to put it out in 1993, 250th year, uh, anniversary year of Thomas Jefferson's birth. And um, they uh, they got it. They put, put it out um, on the 20th of January because that was the inauguration day of um Clinton, as I recall, something I've forgotten, all kinds of hullabaloo was going to happen for it. So they, you know, they sat on it for a couple of years after they had bought it. Everything was going to be huge. Uh, It was bought by Shea Earhart. I don't mind saying her name because she did this to me, although I, you know, kept in touch with her afterwards because that's how much of a sap I was. Um, Three months before it was going to be actually put out, published, finally, my big book, um, uh, she got her own uh, imprint at a different publisher. They wouldn't let her take, Double, they wouldn't let her take my book with her. So I was orphaned. The worst thing that can happen to a new new author is to be orphaned at a big publishing house in New York. Right. So where's the book now? Uh, I got it back. Huh? Did you um, ever publish? But they, yeah, they published it because oh, they don't let her take it. Oh, they, so they, so they I did was in the middle of a fight between my um, my editor, who was who had been the, the senior acquisition editor at Doubleday, and um, my editor and Doubleday. So instead of being the big book they kept insisting to be, it was going to be. It right. ended up being uh, immediately um, out of print, and right. that was it. It's a long time ago. Everything's changed a lot since then. So I'm not, the I'm not angry with them. It was what was supposed to happen. My but where's my, the book was, now? Uh, it's it's in print privately. I mean i I learned the lesson I was supposed to learn, which yeah. is never, ever, ever, ever go New York, and I will never go New York for you. Yeah, maybe that's the lesson for you. And so where's the book now? Is it published? Yeah. Oh, it is published. Okay. Oh, sure. Well, maybe it is the best thing I'll ever write. Well, you don't know that. No, I, I, I do know it. I mean, I'm, I actually do write good fiction and I've decided to put um, other novels I've written since, since into print now, I'm going to be a novelist because it's something I can do after I've done all the other things I was supposed to do. But, um, but it is a very good lesson. I, it's a, I've told other people who have asked me what, whether they should try for a New York contract and, or whether they should go uh, independent. And I say, absolutely go independent because there's no well, advantage to going to New York. Publishing has changed a lot since then. And so, you know, the advice that I would give someone now is I would ask lots of questions about what their expectations are and what they're looking for, because the publishing... But the point is, you, you you lose all power. I have since known people who have gone, um, in fact, probably three years ago, um, someone decided, someone I knew decided to try for a New York contract. He had a very good novel. And I said, you know, try. And he went to New York. He did get a contract. He got word for word the same contract from not AA, but another uh, um, 
imprint within the same, I've forgotten what it was, probably Random House. It's, you know, in the same family. Word for word, it was the same contract that I got from Doubleday in 1990. The same contract. And he got the exact same advance. I had gotten $20,000. The same one I got in 1990. He got in, uh, I think it was uh, 2011. Same exact advance. They have not changed at all, really. And they gave him the same buildup. Oh, we're going to make a big bestseller out of you. They threw it against the wall, that spaghetti, just as they did with my novel. And it didn't happen to stick. And he it was soon out of print. And that was it. So I don't think it's changed that much at all. That was 2011. Right. Well, 1990, 2000. Yeah, I'm saying the world has changed a lot in the last four or five years in publishing. Well, maybe it has, but I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't trust them any more than any farther on than I could throw them at this point. What, 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 what has changed in the past five years? Well, a lot because of Amazon, because of self-publishing. Oh, uh, self-publishing! Yeah, I'm all for self-publishing. That's why I'm going to now start. But what that has done has it's put the power in the author's hands. So if you're going to a big publisher, a hybrid publisher, or self-publishing publisher, oh yes, I'm self-publishing, no question. I would do self-publishing. That's why I'm going to put my novels in print, print now too. All right, great. I mean, I think that's a good idea, but I, I just. To this day, I would not do New York. I, I think New York has not changed. They certainly hadn't changed in those 20 years when that poor guy, you know, gave it a shot. I felt bad for him. I told him what had happened to me, and he said, well, maybe things have changed, and they hadn't changed in those 20 years. I don't know. But you are not New York, my dear, and you, I think what you're doing is wonderful. So I'm going to put in the in the, the – um, footer for all of this conversation we're having today that if anyone is interested in publishing, they definitely should talk to you because I think what you're doing, but you don't do fiction. I Fiction is a separate thing, but I think if, if anyone wants to tell their story, they, they should certainly talk to you. All right. Absolutely. And fortunately, I mean, we, all the, the, Nonfiction that we've put out that's that people can see on my website. Um, that's all published with um, an independent house, which also is wonderful. But so don't don't hesitate to publish if people want to publish. There are millions of books now in print, but I don't think New York has learned much of anything in the past twenty years. Sad to say, thirty years at this point. So all right, let's talk about. The, the kinds of things that you've seen people do, though, when you've when they've you've helped them. Let's talk about that. Uh, well, you know, I've coached people to do TEDx talks, to get on a stage, to run retreats, to put up online courses, to speak in front of hundreds and thousands, to run podcasts. You've coached them to be able to talk in front of thousands of people? Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because once you're in alignment with who you are and then you hone your messaging, then it's just about being brave and getting out there, right? And that's that's what coaching is. That's what coaching well, Good for is. you because that's a very hard thing for people to ever do. 
Well, it depends if they want to, right? We're back to, are you called to do it? Do you have a nudge to do it or not? Some people don't want to do it and then they don't need, they don't need to do that. So we're back to, what are you personally called to do? Is there a nudge? Is there something that you know that, yeah, probably I should be doing that. I, um, I, it keeps coming back over and over again to my heart or my mind that I should do that. I'm too scared to do it. I don't know how to do it. Like if, if you're just an overwhelm or you're too scared to do it or you don't know how to do it, that's all coachable. If it's like, so the people who come to you are people who just they they feel that they're not they're not their life is just not centered it's just they don't know they feel that they have a purpose and they just can't get there i think they just feel like they're destined for more they're destined to do more right not that they're not centered they may be totally centered they just feel a bigger calling and what's next next what's next what's my next step right i work with all kinds of people who are very successful businesses or successful families or um or lawyers doctors dentists right all kinds of people who are successful and are centered it's just they want more they want the next thing they want to live a bigger life yeah okay and do you help them find what that is that's pulling them it's yeah, I help them, them find it in themselves because it's definitely inside it's themselves. It's in there. Okay, it's in, it's in there. And so that's part of the coaching, right? Yeah. So not Great. telling somebody what to do, although I may say, no, I don't think TikTok's for you this month. I may say, let's put that on the back burner for now, <laughs> right? But I would never tell anybody what to do. It, you help them find it and pull it. I saw that in the in the workbook, which was fascinating to me. The workbook, yeah. and so they so they pull it out, and then if if it if if it's going to require something like maybe taking classes or or even getting a degree, you help them think that through, or if it or if, it, if it's learning. People I work with are never never going to go get a degree. I work with women, mostly over 50. Very rarely is it someone who wants to go get a degree if they want to okay, do that. But do it would that. be, it would, it would be maybe learning to public speak. They, they, that well, they might take a course in speaking or they might come to my round table and speak in front of us, or they may go to Toastmasters. It depends. There's a lot of different ways to do it. Okay. They might do a TEDx though they they might learn to do that okay they might learn to do that or they may right so there's a lot of different ways um and some of those things i offer but mostly it is if you get in touch with what your next step is then the then the step after that will present itself to you you know and so right. Or like how do I? Yeah, that's so often the case. You'll yeah. see a course, or you'll see Toastmasters, or you'll see something that's available to you, right? And I think most people, they're like, "Well, yeah, I've always had this thought I should speak, but I don't know how to go about it, or I don't know what I'd speak about, or I don't know how to go get a speaking engagement, or I'm too scared to speak, or what if I say the wrong thing on stage, or what if I forget my lines, right? Those are all the things that go, that you can coach through. That's easy. Right, to- right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And how do they do they find you? Do, do, are they, is it mainly Well, I do or- podcasts like this, right? I'm here with you, so maybe someone will hear this and 
and want to connect with me. I'm on social media. I have an email list. I speak. I'm, I have a TEDx talk. I'm out there in the world. So I do all the things that I coach my clients to do as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, it just takes one or two. And then they, it's surprising, really. The world is such a small place. Isn't it? Right. It, it is. It is incredibly small. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear from people from all over the world. I, um, just a couple of days ago, I heard, I heard from two different people in Uganda. Oh, who, who say that they're, that they're, that they're my fans and they've been, they don't seem to know each other. I mean, it, it's, it, it's like two I, very strange. Yeah. And, small, and, and taking a lesson out of my daughter's playbook, be careful. You're not being scammed. Right. Because there are people all over the world as well. They weren't asking for anything. No, they, no. I'm just telling the general public out there, the world's small enough net as well to be a beautiful place where you can connect all over the world and where you can also get taken advantage of easier. I guess. But but um, it's it just is very, um, I, it, that probably is true. But yeah. it's very, it, it's, there are a lot of people I hear from in Australia too, which is really strange because they're, they're, they're sleeping when we're waking. The same is to a considerable extent true from people in Europe. Um, it's very, um, it is quite a remarkable thing that we, That's we fabulous. do get, we, it is fabulous. It is exciting right. that the world is as small as it is now. Quite a wonderful thing. Well, we're we're coming toward the end of our time. What do you want people to know about what you do? Uh, what, yeah. what, what's possible for them? Because the thing I got from your book, and from especially what you sort of set around the edges of it, from the from the the the, the front part of it, and from from the summaries that you gave, which I thought were very uplifting, is is that you were sort of saying that anything is possible, and people were not looking inside enough. To see what was possible. I was quite inspired by it, actually. Oh, good. I'm so happy. I think what I want to leave people with is that, you know, I I don't, I'm not called to jump out of an airplane. And so even though it's something I could face my fear on, it's like, I'm just not called to do it. I am called to speak in front of a thousand people. So I have to feel that fear and walk through it. I think there's a discernment that comes about what is ours to do, what is mine to do, what is yours to do. And we can pick and choose what we're going to walk through and that our next growth opportunity is always right in front of us. If we just say yes to that opportunity does not mean you have to jump out of an airplane just because your friend tells you, you have to walk through that fear. You have to tune in to what you're called to do, what's nudging on your heart, what you feel like, that's really scaring. And I think I need to do that and be honest with yourself, right? For someone else, it may be jumping out of the airplane, but we all have different callings. And so what your sister, your, your mother did, your neighbor isn't necessarily your calling. And so it is inside. You know what it is. I don't believe people are confused about their purpose. I think they do know. They just need to uncover it. They need to own it. They have to say, yes, this is what I'm here to do. And as older women, we were brought up to be modest. And we have to get over that. And we have to own who we are, 
what we know we can do and how we can help and serve and inspire and teach and lead and mentor others. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I wonder what you can say to women who feel they have something inside them that they want to write. Because, you know, I'll tell you, you you sort of touched a nerve when you said publishing had changed, because I don't think it has. The, the publishing world has changed. New York publishing, I don't think, has changed a jot. And you touched a nerve in me. Most people can't hit that nerve. You did. What the the end of that story is, I've always been prompted to write fiction. I've been writing fiction before that that time and yeah. since that time. I but saw. I have not attempted to publish really ever since then. That's how right. that experience was for me. Right. And I'm not I'm not suggesting anybody write fiction because I don't necessarily, although I think I'm about to start publishing a lot of what I've written since then, but to women, especially who are out there, who maybe are thinking, you know, I'm, I'm in my seventies, I may be even older and I do have some nonfiction that maybe I would like to speak to Michelle about. Right. She might welcome having me, get some of this out right. to the world. Would, would you welcome hearing from them? Yes, of course. They just go to the authorpath.com and they can connect with me there. Yeah. And, and that will be in the notes to this program. Yeah. And bless you, my dear. What a beautiful thing you're doing for them. Yeah. Because New York would, no, don't go near New York. It's It's got cooties, but but you but that's a beautiful thing you're doing because the world you know we we're sisters all of us and we we need to share with one another um more of our more of our st- stories and thoughts and that's yeah. beautiful that's truly beautiful thank you dear so much thank you. thank you it's been a pleasure and an honor to be here with you i wish we had more time to talk um but i i'm sorry we've come to the end of our time together today but maybe we can do this again Thank you so much. You really did touch a nerve there, I have to tell you. Um, and I didn't I didn't realize that I felt still really feel pretty strongly about the fact that they treat authors so badly uh, at the big publishing houses. Back there, there was no um, at that time, there was no time, no way for authors to go do anything else. Even even 15 years ago, there was no other way. But, we're still recording. Yes. Um, yeah. I. I. I do. <laughs> I do a little end part here. Um, oh, okay. But um, but st- stick with us to the end. Okay. Um, so again, we've come to the end of our time together. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, and I'm very happy you could be with us today. I've never been quite this emotional about something non-personal, well, personal to me, but non-personal to anyone else. Um, But please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you never began, you never will end. And when you really get all the implications of that, it's going to change everything in your life for the better. Next week, we're going to be talking with Karen Anderson, and she'll be with us for the sixth 
time. She's our much beloved expert on pets and pet communication. And her new book is The Pet I Can't Forget. It's just out now, finally. She kind of fussed over it longer than we thought she would. But she's going to, I think you're going to love this. She's finally going to be talking with us about it. So please be sure to join us next week. And this week, we've been talking with Michelle Van der Poss. Her book is called The Purpose Alignment. And I think I think you're really going to enjoy um, this book. If if you feel moved that there's 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 you really want to get deeper into your own purpose, um, try her book because I would. If, I wish I'd had more time with it. I, I picked it up just over the weekend, and I began to do it. But it really is going to take the 28 days. And Michelle's book, her work, all about helping people who feel as if there's more they need to dig deeper and she's an expert at doing that she calls it finding her your spark and she may be able to help you find yours in ways you probably couldn't do just all by yourself her book is a do-it-yourself handbook and it's surprising in a number of ways Um, she tells us we already are living our purpose and if you feel that you need to get into it a little more deeply i think that she's probably your ticket um Her book is good, but I think Michelle is even better. Now, of course, it's time once again quickly to mention that Seek Reality Online is your one-stop resource for all the things after life that you may not have quite felt you were ready to dig into. But if it's to your time now, the person who can help you do it is our wonderful friend, Craig Hogan. He's the worldwide expert on all things afterlife. And teachingsbyjesus.com is your single resource for all the beautiful divine truths that are brought to you us in perfect love by the greatest teacher ever, Master Jesus. Now it really is his turn. Also, as you know, by now, my own nonfiction books are liberating Jesus, my Thomas, the fun of dying, the fun of staying in touch, the fun of growing forever, the fun of living together, and recently out, the fun of loving Jesus, embracing the Christianity that Jesus taught. For young children, there's the fun of meeting Jesus, and they're all available on Amazon and everywhere that books are sold. The adult books are except, of course, for the one most recently out. The Fun of Loving Jesus. All the rest are available as audiobooks. If you want to talk about anything at all, you can always contact me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. And I do answer emails, but make sure I have your email correct address because otherwise it's going to bounce and that'll make me really sad. All of the more than 500 past episodes of Seek Reality are available wherever audio podcasts can be found. You can listen to new audio episodes each week with the Seek Reality app that you can find for free wherever free apps are available. And you can also see the new video episodes each week on Roku or Fire Stick. And meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy. Please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, always knowing that you are a powerful, eternal, eternal forever, always will be, always have been eternal being. And you, most of all in this entire universe, are infinitely, perfectly, and forever loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.